gives me the countdown. So there we go. go. Houston, we are go for podcast. Knock on wood. Tell me a story. I'll tell you a story. We have to introduce ourselves first. Hi. Hi. I'm Dana. I'm Kristen. This is the darker side of life. We thank you for joining us today. This is the podcast where two best friends tell each other weird, strange, creepy, bizarre, unexplained, mysterious, dark stories, but we don't tell each other what we're going to talk about. Well, eventually we do tell each other what we're going to talk about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, we get to the very end. We keep like, our stories secret from each other and tell yes, each other at the same time we tell you guys. Makes it fun that way. It does make it fun that way. All right. So this is a story that you've probably heard. I would be very surprised if you hadn't. Most people, I would say, listening to this have probably heard it in the true crime community. Um, it's one that I just, I can never let go. And so I wanted to do it. So this is the um, story of the murder of Skylar Niece. Oh, do you okay. not know this one? I'm not sure. Oh, I'm so you do. I'm sure. Uh, I am sure. May, once I start talking yeah. about it, you're gonna you're gonna know about it. You're at least going to know some details about it. Okay. This is one kind of like up with Delphi with me that like. I can't let it go. Like, oh. I can't. It's every podcast I listen to. Like, if I find a new podcast to listen to, I'll listen to it, even though I feel like I know everything about this case. Any YouTube video, I'll watch it. Um, yeah, because it's, it's one I can't wrap my mind around. I just cannot understand how it even happened, which is probably a good thing, because as we talk about it, it's something that most people probably should not be able to understand. Okay, so my sources. Um, I watched several YouTube videos. One was um, ABC 2020. They did a program on this. A Dateline NBC program called Something Wicked. An Elle magazine article from September 2014 by Holly Malaya. There is a YouTube channel called That Chapter, which I highly recommend. I love them. Oh, my gosh. I know that I, channel. I love them. I, them. It's a guy. Well, I mean, the channel. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I highly recommend his videos. They are fantastic. And his humor. Like, he somehow puts humor into it, and it works. I don't know why. It's not, like, distasteful. But, yeah, watch it. It's amazing. Um, and then an interview done by the Dominion Post from 2017. So, and then a couple other ones I'll cite as I go along. This story I actually started working on back in 2019 and then <laughs> got sidetracked and decided to do something else. So I kind of revisited it about a month ago and finally finished it. Okay. So, so I'm hoping I'm not forgetting my sources. I might know one detail about this one. One detail? I feel like you mentioned something about it a long time ago. I probably so it was kind of vague. I won't spoil it. I won't say okay. it now unless you well, want me to and you can no, it out. No, okay. I don't. If I say it, then you can then okay. you can tell me. Okay. Hold on. I just remember you telling me about something that you needed to check on and it was really strange or something something very specific. Um, I guess I'll find out. Possibly. To me, there's really nothing like super strange about this case it's just okay. kind of like how how did this even happen which you'll understand once we talk about it all right so Skylar Annette Neese was born February 10th 1996 in Morgantown West Virginia to Dave and Mary Neese she was the niece's only child and they spoiled her but not in like 
buying her things or anything like that. They just really doted on her and gave her lots of love. She's their only daughter. It's like she is their whole world. And there's a lot of home videos in these um, like Dateline and 2020 videos that you see. Home videos of Skylar and it shows this really happy, smiling little girl. There's this adorable video where her dad is filming And like he comes up and he says something like, hi, baby. And she looks up and smiles this like really sweet smile. And she just says like, hi, daddy. And it's just, (laughs) it's adorable. Um, And that's how Dave and Mary describe their daughter. They say she was smiley. She was bubbly. She was very energetic, very positive. She was kind. And she just had this smile that could light up a room. And Dave said, you know, if you package all of that into a 16-year-old girl, you have Skylar. And Mary, her mom also called her a prankster. Skylar grew up in Star City, West Virginia. So she was born in Morgantown and then grew up in Star City, a town of about 1,800 people and one stoplight. So very small (laughs) town. Yes. Skylar was an honor student at University High School with a 4.0 GPA. Dave said she hardly studied, but she would ace every test and she'd get really mad if she got anything less than an A. But they said that wasn't something that they pushed on her. They didn't push her to always get A's. It was something that she pushed on herself. She wanted to be perfect in school, and she was, because Skylar wanted to grow up to be a criminal defense lawyer, and Mary said she had everything planned out, like her life. She knew what she wanted to do. She knew when she wanted to marry. She knew how many kids she wanted. She knew where she wanted to live, which obviously isn't normal for a 15 or 16-year-old, but Skylar knew what she wanted in life, and she was going for it. A lot of people who were interviewed in these programs talked about this like giggle that she had and they said it was really unique. Like it wasn't really a laugh and she would like (laughs) pick on people and jokingly pick on people and then she would giggle and then it would make other people giggle even if they did like, yeah. And her mom talked about, you know, she'd hear her on the phone across the apartment and she'd hear her laughing and giggling and her mom would be like, I wouldn't even know what she was laughing about, but it would make me laugh because just she had that personality. So Skylar, according to Mary, always stuck up for the underdog. She said she heard several stories um, from people around the school who were bullied, who said Skylar was always the one that would kind of like take them in and would always be nice to them and talk to them and sit with them when other people were putting them down. There was one boy who talked to her parents. He had been overweight and he said Skylar was the only one to never bully him and she would come and sit and talk with him all the time. Oh, that's so nice. There mm-hmm. were a couple of people in my high school that were like that. And I'll, yeah. those people ended up being like the super, super popular kids. Everybody loved them. Yeah. Like went on think. to do great things. <laughs> trying to think of my, I was in a weird kind of, I was in a weird group in high school. Like I wasn't popular, but I wasn't considered a quote nerd or geek. Like, yeah. I was just kind of in the middle where I was friends with a lot of people. Like a lot of my elementary school friends turned out to be in the quote popular crowd, yeah, which I was not a part of, but I was still friends with them. Like we would talk in class and we would talk, you know, going back and forth. So that's kind yeah, of how it was. Like, I was a floater. I don't really know what group I belong to really. I'm just like going to talk to whoever's next to me in class. Like right. it's the goth kids or the, the agriculture, like camo wearing kids the the yeah the jocks or the athletic people or the the nerds and the smart people club or whoever it i mean i definitely matter. i didn't care <laughs> i'm just if you're sitting next to me we're cool 
I definitely had a group. I had a really good group of friends. I was in the marching band, so we were the quote band geeks. Yay, but, band kids! <laughs> but I mean, some of the trouble that some of these band geeks got into, I'm like, I'm not too sure if they really fit that stereotype. But that was the group I was in. But we all kind of got along with each other. Um, Morgan Lawrence, she was an early childhood friend of Skylar, and uh, Skylar was very close with the Lawrence family. She would, they would, they talked about that laugh. They said, you know, she was just somebody that you would want to hug all the time. She was just so sweet. They loved having her at the house. And Morgan and Skylar did drift apart as school went on, but they agreed when they grew up, they were going to be in each other's weddings. They said, you know, they were both only, only children. And, you know, normally you have your sister that's your maid of honor, but they said, you know, we're going to be each other's maid of honor when we get married. Let's talk about one of Skylar's friends. Her name is Sheila Eddy. Sheila Eddy was born in Blacksville, West Virginia, but her parents divorced in 2000 after her dad suffered an accident that left him with brain trauma. Skylar and Sheila met when they were eight years old and became close friends, even though they lived in separate towns from each other. Sheila's mom, Tara, remarried, and in 2010, Sheila moved with her mom and stepdad to Morgantown, West Virginia where Sheila would start school her freshman year at University High School with Skylar. Sheila and Skylar were always together. Her parents would say that if Skylar wasn't hanging out with Sheila, she was on the phone with her. Sheila was very close with Denise family, and she was kind of like a second daughter to them. Um, Dave even says, you know, she was like one of our kids, and she could walk into the house without knocking. She was just kind of always there, which reminds me of my childhood friend growing up who lived on the street. We would just, you know come down. You don't knock. You don't ring the doorbell. You just walk in. And I knew where everything was in the house. She knew where everything was in mine. We were just, you know, other family members. And Mary said she always thought that Skylar kind of wanted to save Sheila. Um, Sheila was from a broken family. She got into some more trouble than Skylar did. And, um, you know, sometimes Skylar would be on the phone with Sheila and she'd be yelling at her for doing something stupid or not doing something or just trying to like get her in line. And it was like, you know, she saw the good in people and wanted everybody to live up to those expectations. And Mary and Dave could tell that Sheila wasn't always the best influence on Skylar. You know, Skylar was sometimes getting trouble and, but they told themselves, you know, she'll grow out of it. She's a good kid. She's got straight A's, you know, it's just a phase. Just, yeah they disciplined her thought it's just a facial get it out of her system freshman year Skylar and Sheila met a girl named Rachel Schof she was a redheaded girl who sang and acted in a lot of school plays she wanted to be on Broadway um, she was also an only child and her parents Rusty and Patricia had divorced she came from a very strict Catholic household and had previously attended St. Francis Catholic School before transferring to University High School her freshman year. So the duo of Skylar and Sheila became the trio of Skylar, Sheila, and Rachel. Okay. The girls were always together. People would call them the Three Musketeers. Mm-hmm. Super close. Um, on Rachel's 15th birthday, she actually introduced Skylar and Sheila to a woman named Kelly Kearns. Kelly had known Rachel since she was born. She was really close with the family. She was kind of like a second mom to Rachel. And Kelly remembers meeting the two girls. And she just said, you know, these are two adorable little girls, Sheila and Skylar. And they're just smiling up at me. They're just like 
they're perfect. They're just these sweet little girls. And then in 2012, especially the summer of 2012 before sophomore year, it seemed like there was a lot of tension that had started with the three girls, at least according to the social media posts that were kind of popping up with each one. Social media plays, I feel like, a big part in this. Oh, thank God I didn't have it when I was in school. Oh, I said it before. Seriously? I will say it again. I'm I so know. happy. So happy that I was out of school before that happened. It's bad enough now having it in know, my it's 30s. Terrible. Can't even imagine having it in high school and having to deal with that. I feel like I got out pretty unscathed with high school. Same. I don't know if it would have been the same if we would have had social media. Oh, it's hell just no. terrible. In 2012, it kind of seemed like Sheila and Rachel were spending more time on their own together and not including Skylar. So she was kind of getting pushed out of things. Some people at school even noticed it and they said Sheila and Rachel would do things like they would plan to dress the same on one day, but they wouldn't tell Skylar about it. So they would kind of like leave her out. They would go out just the two of them and they wouldn't invite Skylar. So high school stuff, like just. Yeah, high this is like stuff. some mean girls ish. It is. It really is. There was one person at the high school that remembers a time where Sheila and Skylar were in a fight. And they must have been on the phone together or something. And so Sheila, without Skylar even knowing, she calls Rachel, puts her on a three-way call to hear mm. the fight between them. Oh, three-way calling was I a know. weapon back in the day. A weapon. Well, Rachel put the call on speaker for all these oh. other people to listen. She was laughing no. about it. So it was just bully stuff. And then Sheila and Skylar went on vacation together and they spent the whole entire time fighting. Like it was just... It was bad. So things were kind of falling apart, which happens in high school. It happens in college. I mean, it happens. It just always seems like such a bigger deal in high school. On July 4th, Skylar tweeted, quote, sick of being at home. Thanks, friends. Love to hang out with you all, too. End quote. And also, stress will be the death of me. So obviously, you know, you can't know exactly what was going on by the tweets, but... Mm -hmm. If you think it's July 4th and she's tweeting those things, most likely Sheila and Rachel probably did something and left Skylar out of it. So didn't really include her in plans. And then on July 5th, the next day, Skylar tweeted, you doing shit like this is why I will never completely trust you. And that was one of the last, that is the last time that she would tweet anything. So things are intense at this point. On the evening of July 5th, Skylar came home from her shift at Wendy's where she worked. She hugged her parents goodnight. She told them she loved them and she went off to bed. The next day, Dave and Mary went off to do their jobs. Dave worked at Walmart. Mary worked as an admin at a medical billing office. They said when they left, Skylar's bedroom door was closed, but both Mary and Dave assumed she was still sleeping and went off to work. It's summer. She doesn't have to be up for school. Mm-hmm. Let her sleep. Didn't think anything of it. Dave was supposed to meet Skylar at their apartment about noon so she could take his car for her shift at Wendy's. So he gets back to the apartment, and when he gets home, he notices her bedroom door is still closed, which was odd. So he knocks. There's no answer. Knocks again. Says, hey, it's time to get up, but there's still no answer. So he finally goes in, and he immediately sees that the bed is still made, which kind of put up a red flag in his mind. He calls Mary at work, but she's not too concerned at first. She figures maybe Skylar went out with friends. Maybe she went swimming, lost track of time. They tried to call herself, but she didn't answer. 
Mary and Dave figured the one person who would know where Skylar was was Sheila. Dave called Sheila, who said she didn't know where Skylar was. She hadn't heard anything from her all day. So that was a dead end. And then Dave started to notice a few other weird things around Skylar's room. He first noticed that the screen to her window had been taken out and was actually sitting in her closet. The window was open just slightly. And when he looked outside, he saw that there was a bench placed right under the window. So that's when he realized she snuck out. She placed the stool there so then she could climb back in and kind of get her hands under that partly open window and get it open. So I believe that Skylar had done this before. She had snuck out, maybe used this method. So he knew pretty quickly what was going on. But Dave at this point is starting to freak out because he's like, okay, she snuck out of the home, but her bed is still made. Like it doesn't look like she's been in at all. And But Mary is still, you know, thinking there has to be a logical explanation for this because Skylar wouldn't, Skylar wouldn't do this. She wouldn't stay out all night. Again, they try and call her cell. They tell her, get yourself home. You're in trouble, but get home right now. So kind of, kind of being stern. And Mary knew that Skylar had a shift at Wendy's at four o'clock. So she said, you know, if she's not come home by then, they're going to wait until a little after four and then call Wendy's to make sure that she's there. Because Mary says, you know, Skylar would never miss a shift at her job. She loved her job. Hmm. They never got the chance to call Wendy's because at four o'clock, Skylar's boss called and asked Marion Davis Skylar was coming in for her shift. She had never showed up. And this was when the parents realized that something was really wrong because oh, the cops. this was out of character. So Dave did. Dave called 911. Um, he tells the operator his 16-year-old daughter snuck out of the house the night before and no one has been able to get a hold of her. He says she hasn't been home. She's missed work. Dave says he's scared to death. And after asked by the operator, you know, has she done this before? He says, no, she's never done anything like this before. And then right after the 911 call, Mary got a call from Sheila, who tells Mary, I need to tell you what happened last night. So Sheila tells Mary that she had lied before and that Skylar Rachel and Sheila had snuck out the night before to go on a joyride around Morgantown. They wanted to drive around and they wanted to get high. So she said she picked up Skylar at 11 o'clock p.m. And then Sheila says she dropped Skylar off about midnight at the end of the road at Skylar's suggestion. She said Skylar didn't want to wake her parents up by sneaking back in. So she said, drop me off at the at the corner and I'll walk back. And then Sheila says that was the last time she saw her. Okay. Yeah. So at this point, the nieces are starting to think, oh my God, she got abducted when she was walking back to the apartment. Sheila came over to the niece's apartment with her mom to help in the search. They drove around. They went door to door to talk to neighbors to see if anybody had seen anything. The police did come out. And at that point, they were thinking it was a possible runaway situation. Because that's always what they think when it's a teenager that's missing, run away. They don't ever trust the parents to be like, no, she wouldn't do this. Uh, But Skylar hadn't taken anything with her. Her clothes were still there. Her cell phone charger was still there. Her contact solution was still there. Nothing that she would have needed was missing. So it looked like she planned to come back home. Also, when you think about it, she left a bench outside the window and then the window opened a little bit. So she planned to sneak back in. 
And then Mary realized that the apartment had surveillance cameras. And so she got them to pull the footage. Good. The footage, yeah. The footage is super grainy and really choppy, which ticks me off. It always I'm is. like, all the freaking things that we can do these days. I'm like, you really can't have, like, NASA. NASA. We have better photos of Mars. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> taken by like, robots please. millions of miles away. <laughs> we can't have good surveillance on an apartment complex. I don't understand. They need to like, get some ring cameras or something at apartment complexes seriously. instead of this, like, weird, grainy, snowy and that's what this that is now. like it's choppy you can't see anything all you see you see a car that pulls into the parking lot and then you see Skylar walking across the parking lot and getting into the back seat of the car before it drives away mm-hmm. again it, it's it's choppy it's not great but it's clearly they know that it's Skylar they are able to identify her but what's weird is that the time on the surveillance is 12.30 a.m. So not 11? Half hour met, not 11. So it's about a half hour after Sheila said she dropped Skylar off. You can't tell anything about the car except that it's a light color car. Okay. Do you have a question? Well, so just so I'm clear, she says she picked her up at 11 and dropped mm-hmm. her off at midnight. Midnight, ish. yes. Mm-hmm. But the surveillance yeah. video shows her leaving the apartment to go to the car at 12.30? That yes, that's okay. That's that's what they found. Yes, okay. They didn't. We'll talk a little bit about how much of the video they played. Uh, but this video actually kind of made Mary and Dave feel better because they see okay, she's not forced yeah. into a car, she goes willingly. Mm-hmm. But the weird thing they noticed was that, like you just said, Sheila said, I dropped her off at midnight, which meant they thought, okay, so she came back. And then snuck back out at 12.30, according to this video. Is she sure that she dropped her off at midnight? Like, she didn't have a broken clock in her car or anything? She said midnight. Okay. But also... Another question. Sorry. No, go ahead. Are they sure it's her car that she's walking to and gets in? Could it be she dropped off at midnight and at 12.30 she goes in to somebody else's car? That's what they're thinking. Okay. Yeah, that's... You can't really tell the car. Okay. Yeah, so at at this point, they're thinking, okay, so Sheila dropped her off at 11, and then she left left again at 12.30, for some reason, got into this car. Mm -hmm. Um, But nobody at this point rewound the video to 11 o'clock. They didn't. They just, they saw her at 12.30. Um, Yeah, so the nieces, you know, the nieces are like, okay, like, this is... This is a story Sheila's telling, but then she's leaving at 1230 again. What's what's going on? Can I go on a mini rant for a second? Mm -hmm. Why are people so like this about security videos where they don't think to go back and check certain times? This is like Kanika Jenkins all over again, where people Mm -hmm. were like, oh, no, it's fine. She won't be on it. And then it turns out she is. Yeah. It's just give people the video. Just give them the whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) Tell them to look. The video will come back up again, for Ugh, sure. Okay. Yeah. So, but this is what they're seeing. They're seeing at 1230, Skylar leaving and getting into a car. And then Sheila telling them, I had dropped her off at midnight. So they're okay. kind of like, whose car is she getting in at 1230? Mm-hmm. You know, why is she leaving again? A half hour after she was supposedly dropped off. So at this point, after police see this, they really start to think Skylar is a runaway. She we're seeing her get into this car and then she never comes back. Um, so they tell the nieces, wait a few days. She'll probably come home. 
Um, and because of this, an Amber Alert isn't issued. So Amber Alerts are only issued for abducted children. And it clearly oh. showed Skylar willingly getting into the car. She wasn't grabbed. She wasn't forced into know, a car. It, she got in. I understand that in some ways. But in other ways, how do you know somebody doesn't have your friend's phone or they're texting you? be like, hey, come out to the car real fast, you know? And then you go because you think your friend's in trouble or it's your friend that's asking you to come. Like yeah, you could be coerced or tricked into getting in somebody's car or mm-hmm. going into their house or whatever. Yeah, I guess they it, just have to go it, off what they see. What they're seeing on that video is... We don't have any other reason to believe that she or, was taken. Or create a different alert for a missing person or missing child that's you don't know if they've been abducted or just missing. Right. Exactly. You know, why can't we do that? That's a good question. My blood pressure is going up. <laughs> it's going to go up even more. Trust me. God almighty. So... Dave and Mary both released videos that ran on the news and they are begging Skylar to come home. They both say, you're not going to be in trouble. We just want you to come home. Skylar's longtime friend, Morgan Lawrence, she thought maybe there had been some kind of fight and Skylar ran away. She'll be back in a few days. She's just cooling off. Friends at school wrote messages to her on social media asking her to come home. But by the end of the weekend, when Skylar wasn't home, people were starting to worry that something bad had happened because this was not Skylar. It doesn't sound like it. Officer Jessica Colbank was the police officer who was assigned to the case. On July 9th, Officer Colbank interviewed Sheila. Sheila gave the same story she had given before, picked her up at 11, dropped her off an hour later at midnight down the street so her parents wouldn't be woken up. But Colbank said she thought something was off about Sheila. She said she seemed cold. She seemed kind of narcissistic and more concerned about the investigation than she was with her friend. The police also got a hold of Rachel. And Rachel seemed surprised to hear that Skylar was even missing. She said she had spent July 6th. So this is the day after Skylar disappeared. So she spent it on the lake with her mom and their friend Kelly Kearns. And on July 7th, she she left for church camp. Kelly Kearns remembers being on the boat that next day with Rachel. She said there's a picture to prove it. I've seen this picture. Um, She said she noticed Rachel was texting really urgently all day. So it seemed really odd that she wouldn't have heard that Skylar had disappeared. You know, it's not a big town. Your best friend goes missing and, you know, your phone's going to be blowing up. If you go missing... I'm going to be getting texts from Ryan probably. Like, oh, from my have parents? Have you heard from, from Dana? Ryan. Yes. <laughs> like, I, it's not going to be days later and I'll be like, oh, Dana's missing? I didn't know. No, he'll call you or probably so. <laughs> like, is she there? <laughs> like, texting is normal, but like calling, yeah, he probably would. <laughs> he probably look like, I don't know. Um, she didn't come home and I don't know if you talked to her, <laughs> but what did she tell you? Yeah. <laughs> You could be like, oh, she lost her phone or her phone went battery went dead and it was the last text that she could send. <laughs> I don't know. But you would know. Like, he I would, would know, know. You would know. Like, my parents would probably know to some extent. Like, yes, I'm absolutely. accounted for and somebody would know. Rachel did agree to come in for an interview when she got back from church camp. And when Colbang spoke with Rachel, she said that while Sheila seemed cold and didn't really have emotions, Rachel was very fidgety, nervous. She was playing with pencil, like banging on the desk. She was doodling. Um, But she said Rachel's description of events matched Sheila's almost verbatim. 
But Colbang said it sounded rehearsed. It sounded like a recording, which raised red flags for her because oh. she said no one's story is exactly the same unless it's rehearsed. You're always mm-hmm. going to have different slight details because yeah. people perceive things differently. So when everything is exactly the same, it's kind of a red flag. And it was for Colbank. So she immediately thinks, you know, these two girls are hiding something. And I think they know something more about what's going on with Skylar, that they were possibly covering for Skylar. Like maybe she left and they don't want to say anything because they don't want to get in trouble and they don't want to give up their friend. Officer Colbank would come back to the office in the evenings and she would just watch the surveillance footage over and over and over. And she would pour over um, Facebook, Twitter, all the social media of the girls. Um, there were a lot of tips that were coming in. And people said they saw Skylar in California. Some said they saw her in New York. And all of those leads had to be followed. Oh, all of yeah. those leads had to be followed up on and all of them were dead ends. And then, of course, because it's high school, there are rumors that are flying everywhere. And Uh people are starting to say, oh, Skylar got drunk at a party, hit her head, and now she has amnesia. People are saying somebody followed her home. People are saying maybe she met somebody on the Internet and she went and met them or she's in a whole other country. So, like, all of these things are being said. The rumor mill is going crazy. There was one big rumor slash theory. It emerged after there was a bank robbery in town where there was a bunch of money that was stolen and it was used to buy drugs for a local party. And this was around the same time that Skylar disappeared. So people started saying that Skylar had gone to this local party with a bunch of teenagers and had OD'd on heroin and that people panicked and hit her body. Um, Okay. That was a theory, even though there was no evidence of it and then Skylar was not somebody that was known to use heavy drugs like she smoked weed every once in a while her parents knew that yeah. she did she got in trouble for it a couple times but I mean that's Sheila said like we snuck out that night because we were driving around and getting mm-hmm. high so but it was never anything more than that but again the police had to spend time tracking down all of these rumors that were being spread because they didn't know if something could come of each one of them right. I have a question, but you might mm-hmm. get to it later. Do we know where her phone is? Does she have it with her, like, when she went missing? Is it MIA? Her phone is MIA. Okay. Yes, her phone is MIA. I didn't know if they could ping it or, like, look at her text history or anything, but okay. Yeah. Her phone is not, it's not anywhere in the apartment. It's, okay. It's assumed to be with her at this point. Okay. And as, as the days go on... um, Sheila comes over to the niece's house at one point and she just asks, you know, can I sit in Skylar's room? And Mary niece sat with her and she said, Sheila burst into tears and just started crying about Skylar. And she just said, you know, what happened to her and why won't she come back? And it got to the point where Mary and Dave were feeling really bad for Sheila and Rachel. And they thought we need to do something to help these girls because they're struggling and they're missing their friend and we don't know what to do for them. We need to help them because weeks were passing and there was no activity on Skylar's social media, her bank card or her cell phone. And so the theory of her running away starts to fall apart because she's a teenager and she's not, if she wants to disappear, she's not going to have access to what she needs to stay off the grid like an adult would. Um, So they start to think, okay, something big has happened and this isn't a good sign. 
And at this point, the police are focusing more and more on Sheila and Rachel because they know they have something more to say. They see these social media posts from before Skylar disappears. They see kind of that split that has happened in the group based off the social media post. So they know there's tension and they see that tweet that Skylar posted the night before she disappeared about, you know, not trusting people because of things that they do. So they start looking at phone records for Sheila and Rachel after Skylar's disappearance, and they find that there's no mention of Skylar at all, which is odd. If you are best friends with someone who's missing, like, how do you not even mention her? There's no, there's no mention of her after July 5th. It's just regular conversation. I just met your friend Janice a few weeks ago. (laughs) Hi, Janice. Hi, Janice. We exchanged numbers (laughs) and like. If something happened to you there, me and her would be nonstop in communication with each other. Oh my God. It would because be Because she's like my direct contact. There. Yeah. We would solve it. <laughs> we would like meet the kidnapper at his destination and be like, give us Kristen back. Yes, exactly. <laughs> He'd be like, holy crap, how'd you find me? But even if you weren't, you know, into true crime and talked about this kind of stuff, like you would still be talking about me and where is she? Maybe oh, she's probably. here. Maybe she did this. Yeah. It wasn't the case with Sheila and Rachel at all. Like how many other people at this high school are texting their friends? Like, man, did you hear about Skylar today? Like whatever, like they would talk about it. Mm -hmm. It's odd. It's odd that they're not mentioning her. Oh my gosh. And Dave starts to see that police are starting to focus on the two girls. And it made him really mad because remember Dave said, you know, Sheila was like another daughter to them. So he actually goes to the police station and he's like, leave them alone. Leave these girls alone. They've been through enough. They've come to the candlelight uh, visual that we had for Skylar. You know, they've helped put up posters. Like, stop bothering them. Just leave them alone. I said visual. Because I have visual. Visual. (laughs) Because I wrote visual and I was like, that's not right. And so I like combine the words. (laughs) We invent words on this podcast. Vigil. 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 Word. A visual. It, it sounds like a word. It should be a word. It is now. It, it is, is now. in our lexicon. That's how you make words. You just say them. One day we'll Who have created the, darker side the word of life? pencil. I mean, somebody had to say it, right? <laughs> We're going to create the darker side of life dictionary. <laughs> yes. We already have. <laughs> School returned to session in August without Skylar. And. Morgan Lawrence remembers being really thankful that she didn't have any classes with Skylar because she didn't, she said she didn't want to hear Skylar's name called on roll call and then have to tell the teacher, you know, we don't know if she's coming back. And I just wish Skylar could have more friends like Morgan Lawrence. Just, she just seems like such a good friend. Um, A lot of students suspected Sheila and Rachel knew something and they would ask them, you know, where's Skylar? What happened to Skylar? You were the last to see her. What happened to her? And they kept telling the girls, you know, you need to say something like, you know, something you need to, you just need to talk to the police because you, you know, more than what you're saying. Even Kelly Kearns, who was Rachel Schoff's surrogate aunt or second mom ish. um, She remembers asking Rachel, you know, why wouldn't you just talk to the police if you know something? The FBI came to the school to interview people, asking some people about Rachel and Sheila to see if they seemed different. People said, you know, no, they're not necessarily different, but 
they're staying to themselves more. They're only really around each other, which I can see if your friend is missing and you're going through that, like you just kind of, you have your own little pod and it's like, if you're dealing with that trauma, so I can see that not being necessarily that odd. Or if everybody's pointing fingers at you saying, why don't you tell them like, you know, something like they're kind of accusing them. So I could see why they would withdraw a little bit. Right. But I feel like they would still text each other about it. Right. Um, When police were looking at phone records of all the girls, they found something interesting that they hadn't caught before. Skylar had been texting with Sheila and Rachel when she was supposed to be out riding around with them. So these would have been texts sent between 11 p.m. and midnight when Sheila said she picked her up and dropped her off. So Skylar's texting. Why would that be? You're not going to text if you're in the car with somebody. Hmm. And at this point, police finally rewound the surveillance footage. From oh, my Skylar's God. Apartment. It only took weeks. Like a month Months. or more? Months. Yeah. It's August. Months. She disappeared July. This is like couple months later are you kidding me because like school's already started and this was fourth of july weekend and they're just now rewinding that tape for an hour to see the 11 p.m timestamp. yeah are you kidding me no i I was happy with this detective at first but now i'm like no girl come on yeah um and i don't know if it was just her um i'll i'll talk about later she actually got kicked off the case and i'll explain why she got kicked off the case i don't know if she was on the case at this point still Um, somebody should have known right rewind it all the way to the beginning yes i mean when i found my ghost on the surveillance footage at the barn i rewound as far back as i could heck (laughs) yeah when the ghost popped up that's a whole other story (laughs) 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 but i use surveillance footage to find it so yes, they rewind the footage from Skylar's apartment. They watched it several times, never seen anything that would indicate Sheila had actually picked up Skylar at 11 o'clock. Obviously, huge red flag. Because if Skylar was seen sneaking out of her apartment at 1230 to get in an unknown car, she would then be able to be seen at 11 sneaking out to get in Sheila's yeah. car. Even if Sheila wasn't even parked at the apartment, even if she was parked around the corner, she, mm-hmm. uh, Skylar still had to sneak out that window and would have been seen at 11 and then would have to be seen sneaking back in. They don't pick her up at all. Yes. I wonder what these texts say. Like, is she like, hey, guys, like, pick me up at 11 or 1130. Like, when are you going to be here? And they'll say, we'll be here in 10 minutes. And then they text her at like 1220 or something. Like- um, There was like one. I know of one text. I'll kind of mention it. Um. Yeah, there was one text that we know of. I mean, I guess there were more. Maybe there was just that one, and but it was during the time frame where they were like, huh, this is when she was supposed to be in the car with them. Yeah, that's weird. Mm-hmm. I feel like they would make arrangements through text right. before she picked her up. And then it, depending on what those messages actually say, you could find out if it really was 11 or if it really was 1230. We'll talk about that. Okay. We'll talk about it. I'm still mad. Sheila... Sheila and Rachel's story had stayed the same whenever the police had talked to them. The police had talked to them several times and, you know, they stuck to it. They picked up Skylar around 11, drove around Star City to smoke and then dropped her off about midnight, dropped her off at 1230 down the street from the apartment or dropped. No, sorry. Dropped her off at midnight down the street from the apartment. But the police 
started to distrust the girls more and more. So they ended up pulling footage from local businesses to see if they could find video of Sheila's car. Yes. Now you're thinking. (laughs) On a video pulled from a local gas station, Sheila's car was seen at 1239 a.m. heading north, which was away from Star City. This was the first big contradiction in the story told by Sheila and Rachel. Also, there had been two cell phone pings from Sheila and uh, Rachel's cell phones from cell towers in Blacksville, Pennsylvania, which was right across the state line. Whoa. Blacksville is about 45 minutes from Star City, and it had never been mentioned by either girl. So when the police confronted Sheila and Rachel about this, they were like, oh, yeah, oops, we were there and we forgot to tell you guys. What? No, um, no, no, no. Both changed their stories, but they hadn't had time to catch up with each other before being confronted with this. Yes. So Sheila told authorities Skylar hadn't come with them to Blacksville. Rachel said Skylar had come with them, but had run off into the woods around Brave, Pennsylvania, and they hadn't been able to find her. Okay. Two very different stories. Oh, yeah. Totally different stories. Sheila said she'd take a polygraph test, and according to Officer Jessica Colbank, Sheila failed miserably. Okay. They're not admissible in court anyway, but okay. Right. But st- and, I mean, I have thoughts on polygraphs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think there's a reason why you can't use them in court. Yeah. Um, I but honestly, maybe they can at least give investigators something. They give to go them a place on. to maybe start. Somebody, yeah, maybe somebody will just say something, and then it can lead them in a different right. direction. It kind of gives them a place to start, and yeah. also a bargaining—not a bargaining, but like if someone fails, and you're like, "Okay, you failed. Clearly, you failed. Now, come <laughs> on, give me the truth." A la yeah. Chris Watts. So, it's an interrogation tactic. It's it an, interrogation an interrogation tactic, tactic for sure. Rachel was scheduled for a polygraph test. On her way to the police department, she jumped out of a moving car oh and took God. off running, went to Sheila's mom, went to Sheila's house to her mom, Tara, and hid out with her. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, obviously, like, Officer Colbank's kind of like, uh, yeah, if you jump out of a moving vehicle, that's obviously it's a red flag. If you're not you doing anything wrong, flag. <laughs> why are you not going to take this test? Wow. Yeah. Yes. So, Yeah. Rachel, Rachel was gone. And then later that day, Sheila's mom, Tara, goes to the police station with Rachel in the car to go get Sheila's cell phone back. And Officer Colbank no, my like, God, no, confronts Tara. She tells her, you're stonewalling this investigation. You're helping these girls hide out. And then Colbank called Tara a tool and she was kicked off the case. So, oh, my God. Can we yeah. just play the Benny Hill theme music right about now in the lobby of this police station seriously yeah so oh that was a lot to digest just then i know it's a movie it's a movie you wonder why i cannot let this case go it's crazy (sighs) and harassment of sheila and rachel around school got so bad um that around christmas time the girls ended up being homeschooled even the nieces were starting to believe that Sheila and Rachel knew more than they were saying and had something to do with Skylar going missing. Mary Niece started posting things on Facebook about karma and how karma catches up with you. You can't run from it. And she says, yeah, I knew I was pushing, but I wanted to push because I wanted them to tell me what happened. On December 16th, Mary Niece posted a 
very long Facebook posts about Skylar's case and how they were now believing that Rachel and Sheila had something to do with the disappearance. She says they used to feel the girls were their daughters and had believed them before. And now they were feeling differently. Oh, that's and it was also around this time that that Rachel started to act out. Sheila, in the meantime, is just like tweeting regular things. She's just going about her day of, you know, tweeting about watching Law and Order and eating McDonald's. And she's just kind of teenager stuff doing her thing. Yeah. But Rachel's a different story. Rachel started getting in fights and she was really agitated all the time. Something was really different with her. And her parents, Patricia and Rusty, um, they had divorced, so they lived separately. And apparently what would happen when Rachel would fight with her mom, she would go over to her dad's house, which was kind of like a sanctuary for her. I think her mom was pretty strict. Her dad was a little more laid back. So Rachel knew when she stayed with her dad, she could hang out with Sheila more, while her mom didn't like Sheila very much. So because of this behavior that is escalating with Rachel, Rusty and Patricia decide that they're going to move back in together and they're going to kind of keep her away from Sheila and Sheila's mom, Tara. But they didn't tell Rachel this plan immediately. And when Patricia, Patricia and Rachel pulled into the driveway December 28th after being away for Christmas, Rachel realized what was going on and it hit the fan like everything fell apart. Rachel flipped out. She started running around the neighborhood screaming, screaming at her parents for ruining her life. Rusty and Patricia got her inside, but the fight escalated to the point where Patricia had to call 911 because Rachel was so out of control. There's a recording of this 911 call. And Patricia says, I have an issue with a 16-year-old daughter of mine. I can't control her anymore. She's screaming. She's running through the neighborhood. And in the background, you hear Rachel, like, screaming no. Like, like blood-curdling, screaming no. And then Patricia's yelling at Rachel, you know, it's over. Give me your phone. And at one point, Patricia gets back on the phone. She's like, yeah, she just punched me in the face. Oh, my God. yeah. It sounds like, like Rachel has like maybe anger Rachel issues has or some kind broken of like, down. Like she's I just snapped. Go from like zero to seeing red to like in like yeah. nothing. Something's going on with her. So I just wonder is this a result that like after Skylar's death, like some PTSD stuff, or could she have been like this a lot longer and done something? The jury's still out. Well so well, let's just keep going. Yeah. Let's just keep going. Rachel locked herself in her room and she started threatening to kill herself. So when the police got there, they immediately take her to Chestnut Ridge Center. It's a mental health facility and she is admitted. So we obviously don't really know what happened here, but Sheila got wind of this and she tried to go visit Rachel in the hospital, but she wasn't allowed. So it's kind of the one place that Sheila wasn't allowed to see Rachel. Yeah. And again, like I said, we don't really know what Rachel went through at Chestnut Ridge. We don't, for obvious reasons, you don't, you know, we don't have medical records. Um, But she was released five days later on July or January 3rd. And as soon as she got out, she immediately contacted police, spoke to an officer named Ronnie Gaskins, who was now on the case. And uh, she told them she wanted to speak with the police at her lawyer's office. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping. 
Rachel sits down with the police and Gaskin said the first thing she does is she pulls up a trash can next to her because she says she's afraid she's going to throw up. Oh my goodness, girl. And the police are asking questions about Skylar. You know, was she at a party? Was it an overdose? You know, they've got it in their mind. Like something happened to Skylar and these girls are covering. They don't, they're covering for her. They're scared. Ronnie Gaskin said Rachel got really quiet. Her face got red and she said, we stabbed her. Rachel, at least you're telling the truth, girl. Oh, God. You oh, that done just it makes me, like, ago, but... sick to my stomach of... We stabbed her? We so stabbed her. her. Sheila, probably. Yeah. So, Gaskin said everyone wow. got really quiet, and they were kind of like, uh, what? It threw everyone in a, in a loop because they said that was the last thing they expected to come out of her mouth because... They really thought that there had been some kind of accident at a party or something, or Skylar had run away or just something, and that they they were scared to come forward about it. So when Rachel says we we stabbed her, it they didn't expect that. That was it through all of them thing to say, like right there off the oh, bat. Yeah. Wow. Can you imagine okay. hearing that from like a teenage girl. Like we stabbed her. Um, Gaskin said, asked Rachel to start again and says, tell us exactly what you meant. And that's when Rachel told them what happened to Skylar. Rachel told police that she and Sheila had stabbed Skylar to death and had planned it for months before it happened. Oh, my God. Mm hmm. Yes. I've heard a couple different timelines. Some say that Sheila and Rachel started talking about it in the spring of 2012 after that vacation that Sheila and Skylar went on together where they fought the whole time. Others said it was early October 2011, which would have been about nine months before Skylar was killed. So some, one oh of God. those. Not, yeah. Rachel said it started in science class one day when she and Sheila were talking about not liking Skylar anymore. And the solution would be just to kill her. Oh my God. No, it's not. No. And then they kind of looked at each other and they were like, yeah, we could kill her. They started joking about, you know, how would we dispose of a body, which soon led to actually seriously talking about killing her, how they would do it, and how would they dispose of the body. Several students allegedly heard them talking about this in the middle of class, and a lot of them brushed it off because apparently there had been a dead body that had been found in town. So people kind of assumed that it stemmed from that. Like, oh, they're just talking about death and dead bodies and that kind of conversation. Yeah. But I some can, people that I can understand. I can understand. Bit, yeah. But if you're hearing Skylar's name that's mentioned yeah, that's in this. Yeah, that's not specific. That's, that's really specific. You and me might talk about it. It's like, this is how you dispose of a dead body. Like, this is how I would do it. But But I'm not going to be be like, like, this is how I'm going to dispose of, like, my next door neighbor that flipped me off the other day. Exactly. Jeez. These Uh, girls, like, wow. Okay. Keep going. I know. I said your blood pressure was up. It is. Like, my blood pressure is, like, getting hit with a ceiling fan right now. This is why this case, I can't let this case go ever because it just doesn't make sense to me. I can't understand it. Why would y'all do that? Apparently, some Girls. people did hear Skylar's name mentioned because they went to Skylar and they're like, hey, Sheila and Rachel are talking about killing you. And Skylar was kind of like, ah, they're just playing a game. Like, no big deal. 
No oh big deal. Oh my God. If anybody ever come up to me and said, so-and-so was planning on killing you, but I'm like, probably going to be suspicious of that person immediately. But think about it. In, re- in reality, your best friends in high school. Yeah. What if somebody told you they're talking about killing you? Would you suspect them or would you be like, huh, it's just a joke. I don't if know. somebody S- told me Dana's thinking about killing you, I'd be like, that's <laughs> You'd be like, funny. I'll like, give her the knife. <laughs> you know, when you put yourself in those shoes, you think, yeah, that's, no, I probably yeah. wouldn't believe it because- yeah, there's tension between them, but she obviously That's doesn't ex- know the extent extreme. of this. I know. It's so extreme. Rachel told investigators that they didn't know how to use guns, so they decided to use knives instead, which is incredibly personal. Oh, On the God. night of Skylar's murder, Rachel and Sheila got together a shovel from Rachel's dad's house, cleaning supplies, knives that Sheila brought from her house, and then extra clothes. They threw the supplies into the trunk, and despite the fact that it was the middle of summer, the girls put on sweatshirts and hid the knives wrapped in towels under the sweatshirts. They texted texted Skylar that they were coming to get her. So I think that was the text that the police found and were like, well, this is weird because this is when she's supposed to be with them. Yeah. So they text her, we're coming to get you. Uh, that's kind of terrible. It's not like we're coming to pick you up. It's like we're coming to get you. Well, I don't know if it was coming to get you, but they yeah. text her, we're coming, like, hey, we're coming to get you. We're coming to pick you up. Come hang out with us. Yeah. I don't know exactly the word, you know, word for word oh, of okay. the text, but it was along those lines of like, hey, we're picking you up. But it breaks my heart because thinking about the tweet that she put out on July 4th, like kind of alluding to maybe being left out of plans, Mm -hmm. like how excited she probably was that, Oh, my friends are texting me. They're coming to get me. I'm being included in this. And it's like, I just want to go back in time and be like, don't do it. Like stay home, find better friends. This is not real. This is not worth it. Rachel and Sheila picked up Skylar in Sheila's car about 1230 a.m., which means the car seen on the surveillance camera was Sheila's car. Of course. The girls drove over the state line to Pennsylvania and drove a small road into the woods where they could find a place to get out and smoke. They found a clearing and they sat down to talk. Skylar got up to go back to the car for a lighter, and when she did, Rachel said she gave the signal, which was a countdown from three. Sheila and Rachel counted down one, two, three, and attacked Skylar from behind, stabbing her. Oh, my God. Rachel said Skylar managed to run away, but they chased her, and Rachel tackled her to the ground. Sheila got the knife away from Rachel at one point and cut her either below her knee or on her ankle. And Rachel's Aunt Kelly, or that Kelly Kearns, yeah. that... She said later she remembers the next day being on the boat noticing a cut on Rachel's leg. Oh, my God. I bet she thinks about that now and just mm-hmm. is cringing inside. That was from Skylar. Skylar Cutter. Oh, my God. Sheila and Rachel overpowered Skylar and continued to stab her. I've heard two reports that anywhere from 10 times to 50 times. I think 10 times was confirmed but the yeah. girls would later say it was at least 50 times that they stabbed her. Oh, my God. One of the officers asked Rachel if Skylar was saying anything or yelling anything while this was going on. And Rachel said all she was asking was why and that those were her last words. Those are my words. Why? I know, it's, like, so, it's all of our words. Like, why, why would you do this? 
why? Just don't be friends with her anymore. She'll be better off without you guys anyway. For real. Just like, just lift her out. Like they do Kip on Friends. Ghost her. Just ghost her. Yeah, just ghost her. It sucks at the time, but it's preferable. Whatever. She'll find better friends. This makes no sense whatsoever. Like why turn against her? She didn't do anything to them. I have some thoughts later about... And also, this is very minor right about now, but why not just tell the police that you picked her up at 1230? Yeah, true. I think that Sheila didn't want to like, I think probably in her mind, it was like, maybe she didn't even realize she had, they had surveillance. I don't know. Probably not. But I'm like, just say you picked her up at 1230 and then there you go. And then then dropped her off. And yeah, I mean, it probably would have, I don't know if it would have kept this from being solved, but. Well, no, but they, well, I. Maybe. I feel like they would have solved it eventually, especially if Rachel was kind of having like mental breakdowns and issues with it because mm-hmm. eventually she would break and come clean. Yeah. But at least it would throw them off suspicion for a little longer because when they found that text message between the hours of 11 and 12, when she was supposed to be riding around with them. Right. If they would have just said 1230 to begin with, then it would have made more sense and they probably wouldn't have pursued that much more. I just wonder if they wouldn't have pursued if they wouldn't have kind of found this contradicting evidence and pursued yeah. it, if Rachel would not have even, sorry, would not have even broken down. That's a good point too. If she would have been able to keep it together. I don't know. Questions out on Rachel. Like I'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Like Rachel versus Sheila. I just, I have a lot of thoughts on them, but I want to get through the timeline first. Cause she seemed pretty cool and calm <sighs> and collected on the boat. Just texting a lot. So who knows? And she Maybe just she stabbed would've. her friend. I'm like, I I found the I picture. Like I've seen it, and it's like, I stare at it and I think, oh my god, you know what you just did, and you are out on a boat with your family, hanging out. Like, how do you function? How are you? How are you okay? What is going through your mind? Commit murders like that and not get physically sick or nauseous. I'd probably throw up and like. Pass and out then to or go something. on I just like normal she went to church camp she oh went to church camp which which speaking of church camp well <laughs> hold on hold on i'll get to that in a second um this is gonna be good sheila and rachel had planned on burying skylar with the shovel that they had brought but the ground was too hard and rocky so what they did they dragged her off the road covered her with branches and leaves changed their clothes and then left the scene we never really find out what happened to the murder weapons or the bloody clothes we don't really know they probably just tossed them in the woods somewhere yeah along the road yeah gaskins said that he remembers rachel saying that killing skylar was something she wanted to get done before going to church camp oh my god like an errand she had to run Kill her friend before going off to church camp to then try and what pray away the fact that you killed your best friend. Like it doesn't make any sense. And Gaskins thought at this point, what are we dealing with? Which is kind of my thought through all of this. I think it's safe to say they're not friends now. Like they didn't consider her a friend. Then they should have just left her. Like they should have just not been her friend anymore. I don't. We'll get into, there are some theories about why, like, that it wasn't just because we didn't, you know, we we just wanted to kill her. Like, there are some theories we'll talk about at the end of maybe why it happened. Not that it justifies it. 
Yeah. Because the the reason that Rachel gave for killing Skylar was we just didn't like her. Yeah. I've not well, liked people before. I don't kill them. You don't kill them. And they're what? 16 years old at this point? Like, you know right. You know right from wrong. A four-year-old knows you don't kill people. Like, this is... You don't like her, so you just don't be her friend anymore. They teach you that before church camp, people. <laughs> they don't they teach you that in church camp? Isn't that a commandment? Like, <laughs> well, she killed her before church camp. So, well, I mean, hashtag sarcasm. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure don't kill people is a pretty big commandment. We talked about that in your last episode. It's uh, one of the God, big ones. Yes, it's, it's the big one. It's the first it's one. The big one. It is the first one. I mean, even I know that, and I have issues with religion. But even <laughs> I know you don't kill people. Oh Lord. Rachel was not arrested that day. For one, police didn't know if they could trust Rachel. She had lied before. Sheila had lied before. They lied many times. They had many different confessions. So they kind of thought, well, she could be lying again, which I don't know why you would completely implicate yourself if you're lying. Well, they also met at her lawyer's office, correct? Like, so I assume that her lawyer was there. Her lawyer was there and she wanted to talk. And, but then police thought, okay, well... Rachel could have done all of this on her own and she's lying about Sheila. So they needed more, which I understand when you make an arrest, you want to make sure that you have all the evidence that you need to make it stick and to be able to charge somebody. So I get it. I get it. They also don't have a body at this point. So there's no like concrete evidence at that point at the confession to verify Rachel's story. So what the police did was tell Rachel, we're going to use you instead to get to Sheila. So they put hidden cameras in Rachel's house and they tell Rachel, invite Sheila over and see if you can get her to say something and we can get it on tape. So Sheila does come over, but she doesn't say anything incriminating. All they get is this cute little selfie with the two of them. Oh. And Rachel looks rough in it. You look oh my at God. Rachel. She looks, she's smiling, but like she's got bags under her eyes. She looks exhausted. And I'm like, yeah, you just confessed to murder and now you're taking a selfie. You'll have to send me this picture later. You can, I'm yeah, you can find all of these online. Um, um, but, it, and Ray, or, uh, Sheila posts it on Twitter and captions, captions it, finally got to see my Rach. So it's just kind of crazy to look at the photo and to realize like you just confessed to murder and you have Sheila over because you're trying to get her to say something about this murder. So I don't know if Sheila maybe knew something was up and didn't say anything or if she was just so completely detached from it all that she didn't, she wasn't going to bring it up. But I feel like you would have to be completely like sociopathic and self-absorbed to not connect the fact that the girl you murdered somebody with just spent time in a mental health facility after a total breakdown. Like, I, I feel like you would have to not realize like, huh, yeah. maybe she has broken. So I don't know. I don't know how much Sheila suspected or she was just so kind of in la la land with everything and just didn't care that she didn't think anything was going on. I mean, probably that because she sounds like she doesn't really care about Rachel either. I don't think I would ever be t- like, taking selfies with my friends. Like, finally got to see whoever. Like, 
coming um, we off took a, a selfie at the airport. Well, that was at the I airport. <laughs> but that's a happy thing. If you were in a yes. mental facility and come back, and I'm like, I'm going to hug you and like, we're going to get some burritos and watch scary movies and do whatever, <laughs> but I'm not going to be taking selfies. And I'm going to be like, I don't want a selfie. <laughs> I know. Just give me a burrito and give me paranormal <laughs> activity. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I don't know, but they're also teenagers and they are on social media a lot. Yeah. They tweet a lot. And that's what Sheila was doing. It, like nothing was going on. She just was tweeting about her day. Um, Rachel tried to lead authorities to Skylar's remains, but couldn't find the right spot. And there was a lot of snow at that point. So they oh, kind of yeah. gave up for a little bit. The nieces were not told about any of this right away. So they didn't know anything about Rachel or Sheila. The police kept it from them, kept them in the dark until they really had something solid. Yeah. That makes sense. On January 16th, Officer Gaskins went back to Pennsylvania to look for Skylar's remains where Rachel had kind of directed them to, and he found them. Her remains were found about 40 feet from the side of the road, covered in leaves and branches. Animals had got to the body, and oh. it would take a little longer to find certain parts because the remains weren't completely intact. They had been scattered. Yeah, A cell phone with a SD card was found next to the body and when the card was read it showed photos that matched the ones on Skylar's Instagram. So they pretty much knew okay. this was Skylar but yeah. they obviously have to get it tested to confirm. The niece family was told that remains had been found through quote investigative techniques. They were not told about Rachel's confession and Sheila's suspected involvement. Dave niece remembers the day they got the call that remains had been found um, from an FBI agent that had been working with the family. And he was told to go get Mary and meet the agents at the home. And Mary said, we know. So they, they knew as soon as they got that call. I think that from what they have said, they knew at that point that she was gone. They just yeah. didn't know where and didn't know what had happened. Yeah. But Sheila at this point was more than likely starting to figure out that Rachel was talking to the police because, um, in January, obviously after Rachel confesses and gets out of the um, mental health facility, the friendship between Rachel and Sheila starts to fall apart. Um, because on J January 4th, which is the day after they meet at the house and take the selfie, the police issued a warrant for Sheila's family for every knife in their house and also a warrant for Sheila's car. Also, Sheila's dad had land that was near the crime scene, and investigators were searching around the back roads near oh. that property. So that's something, obviously, Sheila would hear about, and the only person that would know about Skylar's remains being in the area would have been Rachel. Right. So I would think at this point, Sheila kind of starts to figure it out. And then on January 15th, this is the day before the remains are found, she tweets, you don't even know the amount of shit that you've caused. So... Could have been something totally different, but it could have been directed at Rachel, who is, by the way, also tweeting a lot in January and seems to think that because she confessed, everything was going to be okay. She tweets several things. She mm -hmm. says, there's so much regret, but I am now on a new path and I seriously couldn't be happier. And also tweets, my past is my past. Move on. 
Okay, that's not effective when you commit a murder. No, no it's not. And when even if you confess to it, like you're still in trouble, honey. You're still know, like, going I, to jail. Like I'm glad like her mental health seems to be gotten better and she's like confessed and kind of unburdened herself from all this. But you still need to go to prison because you murdered exactly. somebody. Like, like you can't you don't get a free pass or a gold no. <laughs> star because you confess to murder. Like it's good that the family now knows, but yeah. you're still in trouble. It's like that's great you're on this new path and you couldn't be happier but you shouldn't be happy right now you really shouldn't be happy you should be horrified at what you did so I just these girls I feel like are totally detached from everything wow I feel like their lawyers might tell them stop tweeting you just don't be on so? social media just just delete your accounts for now right and at this time, Rachel was working on a plea with authorities to cooperate and testify against Sheila whenever she, she was arrested. So Rachel um, agreed that she would be charged with second-degree murder when she was arrested. Again, she's not arrested at this point um, because they're still trying to build that case. So she was kind of working with authorities behind the scene yeah. to kind of work out a deal for herself. She was also going on vacation with her mom and tweeting things okay. like, I need a mimosa or 10. Because, you know, I kind of wonder what that vacation was like. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I can't imagine it's the most relaxing vacation. Like, uh, first of all, if I did that, my mom would not be taking me on vacation <laughs> at all. My mom would be probably locking Your me mom in a would... room. <laughs> what if you committed a murder and then went on yes. vacation with her? Your mom would be the one to turn you in. Are you kidding? Hi, Mom. My parents would. If I ever did anything bad like that, my parents would exactly. not hesitate to be the ones to turn me, no. like, turn my ass in. They'll be like, no. I raised you better. Uh -uh. I, yes, you made I, your own choices. I raised you not to kill people. Right. Um, But also, like, I think about this, and I'm like, you know, I'm not going to blame parents. I don't want to blame parents. But also, no. I'm like, no wonder you have a daughter with these, like, weird sociopathic tendencies. So, like, she confesses to murder, and then you take her on vacation. It just, like, it seems so detached from everything. And I get, mm. like, you probably love your daughter unconditionally. You know what's coming for her. So, you know, I, I don't want to totally blame her. Like, I still feel like, how would you do that? But then I try and think, like, okay, she is a mom who probably does love her daughter. Do you think the knows... vacation may have been, like, a last resort kind of thing? Like, I, I feel like she's going to get arrested soon and probably go to prison. So I think that's what it is. I think it's like, you're going to get arrested and you're going to prison for a while because yeah. you're confessing to this. So I, I want to be with you. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't blame her completely on this. It just seems like I just... The optics are bad. The optics are bad. Yeah. I don't feel like my parents would be like, let's go on vacation. They wouldn't want to go on vacation with me, first of all. <laughs> but I guess I kind of get it. I guess I can I guess I, I can empathize with the parents, you know. It's complicated. It's really complicated. I always think too that parents in these situations or family members, like they're victims as well. Yeah. They, you know, they have to be going through hell realizing their daughter murdered somebody and how yeah. terrible that probably is for them as well. And but again, you have your daughter, your daughter's alive and the nieces right. don't have their daughter. So my empathy only goes so far. And at some point too, I mean, teenagers are going to make their own decisions. They know right from wrong. And sometimes yes. they willingly choose the wrong thing. And that's not, there's nothing a parent could do about it. At you some, know, sometimes, you know, this isn't a bad choice of sneaking out and going to get high. This is yeah. This is you murdered somebody like, sneaking out, and it's premeditated wrong. because it's they thought about it for months before. You know, I did stuff in high school that I got in trouble for, and 
you know, yeah, I got punished for it. It was a learning opportunity. And I can look back now and be like, well, that was dumb. Why did I do that? But it wasn't anything near this. Like this, yeah. there's clearly a line and this is so far over the line that I can't the even wrap my mind dot. around it. The <laughs> line is, a dot. the line is non-existent for these girls. Like You there need was an no airline line. ticket to see the line. They blew up the line. The line is gone. On March 13th, the FBI confirmed the remains found were Skylar niece. So this is how many months after? July, August, September. Almost a year? Eight months. It's eight yeah. months after after she had disappeared. Um, one of Sheila's friends, her name is Shania, she called um, Sheila to tell her. And Shania said that Sheila was crying and asking who do you think could have done this? Why Are would somebody serious? do this? How could somebody do this? So I kind of wonder if she's trying to feel people out to see, like, how much do you know? Probably. Yeah. She sounds kind of narcissistic that way. The nieces, you know, they had known for the most part that this was Skylar. But, you know, they it's, comfor- it's confirmed at this point. Yeah. I bet Morgan's fe- uh, feeling pretty sad, too. Oh, Absolutely. Sheila tweets right after this news comes out. Rest easy, Skylar. You'll always be my best friend. Fuck you. Rachel tweets, rest in peace, baby. I love and miss you more than anything. May you finally have justice. Fuck you too. Yeah. These two girls killed her. And Rachel's tweeting this knowing that she's confessed to it and she's still doing this. It's just evil. It's so evil. I can't wrap my mind around it. And then I think it's okay that you can't wrap your mind around it. You shouldn't understand this. You should not be able to understand why this happens because I can't imagine ever coming to this conclusion of, oh, I don't like her. I'm going to kill her. Well, you want to hear the worst tweet of them all? The most disgusting tweet? Oh, my God. Hang on. Let me just. (sighs) Your blood pressure is going to go through the roof. Yeah, it's going to be a big hole in my roof. I got to call maintenance to have it fixed now yeah hit me two weeks after it was confirmed that the remains were Skylar's Sheila tweeted we really did go on three I'm gonna throw my microphone across the damn room (laughs) I know I know it's disgusting it's like you look her Twitter's still there I mean it's you can look up her Twitter and you can see this tweet we really did go on three oh jeez like i'm not a medical professional but that's a sociopath that is awful terrible tell me these girls are in prison for a really long time yeah we'll get to that one good dna was found in the trunk of sheila's car and in april authorities received confirmation that the dna belonged to skylar giving them probable cause for arrest of sheila and it was then that Dave and Mary Niece were told everything that was going on and that it was Skylar's, quote, best friends that had been the ones to kill her. Oh, my I God. Her parents, quotes. too. Like, because their daughter was murdered mm-hmm. and she was killed by the people who were kind of their bonus daughters. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, they talk about they're like, you know, you threw my child out like a bag of trash you know she was asking why and you just tossed her out on may 1st 2013 in exchange for her cooperation with the with the police rachel entered a plea of guilty to second degree murder so that 
second degree, even though it's clearly first. Mm-hmm. It was a result of her plea agreement, maybe. Because she confessed and gave up the information on yeah. Sheila and cooperated. It got knocked down to second degree murder. But it's clearly first degree murder. They planned it for months. Okay. She admitted to that. And then right after this, and I'm talking about like minutes after she um, entered that plea, Officer Ronnie Gaskins arrested Sheila for first degree murder. She was arrested at the Cracker Barrel where she was having lunch with her mom. Gaskins oh said Sheila was crying, asking her mom if everything was going to be okay. And her mom just said, I don't know. So no. I have no sympathy for her whatsoever. So my question is this. I wonder what she ate at Cracker Barrel. Because that is like that my too. favorite restaurant. <laughs> she doesn't deserve Cracker Barrel. She doesn't deserve to eat at the Cracker Barrel. I'm so low class. I love Cracker Barrel though. I love it so much. I do much. too. Okay. Don't worry, I do too. I'm just happy that you brought up Cracker Barrel today. That helped calm me a little bit. <laughs> brought it down just a little bit. Just a little, just a hair, thinking about Cracker I might have Cracker Barrel tonight. <laughs> Sounds good. In September, Sheila was in court and entered a plea of not guilty to the kidnapping and murder of Skylar. It's really weird to look at footage of this, court footage of her first hearing. Like She walks into the courtroom and she's got, you know, long blonde hair and she's literally the only female inmate in a room full of all these like big male inmates and she's this like tiny little girl with this long blonde hair it's kind of weird and she's and she's probably the most dangerous one of them all seriously yes so this plea was or not plea so this um well yeah so this plea of not guilty was obviously it wasn't what the niece family wanted to hear. You know, they didn't mm-hmm. want to go through a trial. They didn't yeah. want to hear details of what happened to Skylar. A lot of times though people do enter not guilty pleas as the initial they, they do plea until things get worked out. Exactly. Like most people are gonna plead not guilty because if the second that you plead guilty, like that's it. You don't get a yeah, trial, you it. don't get appeals, you lose your right to appeal. So yeah. most lawyers are gonna say or they might work out a plea agreement guilty. with you, too, if you plead not guilty. And they're like, all right, right, so if you just enter a guilty plea, then we'll, you know, like they did with Rachel, knock your sentence down or something. Right. But in January of 2014, Sheila reached a plea deal and pled guilty to first-degree murder. Yeah. So, okay. I, I mean, obviously, she's got a lot against her. I mean, mm-hmm. she's got Rachel's confession. She has Skylar's DNA in her car. She has... Um, Skylar on camera going to Sheila's car. So it's like she's got a lot of, you know, she's got a lot against her. Yeah. Her attorney read a statement from Sheila and her family in court and said that Sheila and her family recognized the niece family were in constant state of despair, loneliness, and sadness for Skylar. There's footage from this court appearance, and Skylar's dad is sobbing it is terrible to watch like the amount of pain I love her parents they just seem like really really good down-to-earth people and it's just awful like watching this family what they go through Sheila was sentenced to life in prison and is eligible eligible for parole in 15 years in 2028 so that's coming up kind of seven years Um, in terms of life in prison or yeah much um, I did find her records on Lakin Correctional Center, she, where she is currently housed. Um, her first parole hearing will be May 1st, 2028. 
how old will she be when she get if she gets out on this pearl? I don't know. Ish. Okay, I, we have I to don't do math. Know. I can't remember. I have to do math, and I can't do math. <laughs> I mean, she's still young. I mean, she's, yeah, for real, she's still young. So, in my opinion, I don't think she should get out, but it's just my opinion. But because she entered that plea of guilty, it it probably would have been worse if she would have gone through a trial. Yeah. I want to say early 30s, assuming she was born around 1996, the same time yeah, um, that makes Skylar sense. was, then so young. maybe 30s. Still young. Very young. Yeah. Um, there is not a maximum parole discharge date or projected release date listed because she does have a life sentence. So yeah, she good. could continually be denied parole for the rest of her life. So I mean... She could get out in 2028. She could never get out. She could spend the rest of her life. So it's not life without the possibility of parole. It's life with the possibility, but you could still be in for the rest of your life. People being murdered in general is just tragic. It's Mm -hmm. especially tragic when there's like a young person being murdered by another young person. Because one person's dead and these other two girls like... They just kind of ended their own lives, too. You ended your life for what? But it's like, for even what? if she gets out, it's still kind of young being in your 30s. Like, are you going to, are you capable of committing that same crime again? Like, did you learn the first time? Were you just too young? Were you, are these tendencies out of your system, I guess? Like, does honestly, that make sense? It does. But honestly, with <laughs> Sheila, I don't think she should ever be out. Like, I think... Yeah, she seems she like would she could do be this like again. a sociopath or something. Yes, I think you know? she would do it, this again. I think that she was, honestly, I, I think that she was always going to do something like this. That's just my opinion. I feel like if it wasn't Skylar, something else would have happened in her life. I just feel like you don't just wake up one day and decide to do this. Like, right. I have never, ever, want, I've been angry at people. I've been livid at people, like full on Danny blowing up King's Landing, like that level of just <laughs> anger, burn it all down. Where's my dragon? Drakari's. <laughs> Never once have I ever been like, I legit want to kill somebody, even though I guess Danny did do that. It's Game of Thrones reference. Yeah, she did. But. You would just not say that level of rage. Yeah, you would just be like on the walls of King's Landing riding your dragon and you're just biting your tongue so hard it's bleeding and you just turn around and fly away. (laughs) It's just my level of rage I have felt at times in my life, but never once have I said, I want to kill somebody. I've been mad at people, but never once have I ever thought, well, the solution is to kill them. That has never once entered my mind. It's been nowhere close to my mind. I will never have that anywhere near my mind ever I can confidently say that something is wrong with these girls that this even entered their mind and they went with it like there's something broken in them and I'm not going to diagnose them because I'm not a medical professional but it doesn't take a genius to figure that part out I mean I've been out of high school for a long time now and if I murdered somebody in high school and if I got out on her parole like I would have got out of prison like 10 something years ago maybe Mm -hmm. almost 10 years ago if I put myself like around her age range. Right. She does still have a lot of life left, but does yeah, she but what kind it? of life are you going to have? Yeah, exactly. But she just kind of threw her own life away too. For, yeah. For what? Like all you had to do was just like, say, life in prison I don't want to be her what, friend 16 anymore. Years old. Like come just on, because you didn't want to be friends with somebody. It just doesn't make, it's like 
It is Mean Girls stuff. It's like, it's deadly Mean Girls stuff. This is if Mean Girls were a horror movie. Right. No, I think of Chris Watts. And I'm like, if you all don't know that case, spoiler alert, if you don't want to know anything about it. But it's like, why didn't you just divorce your wife? For real. You know, yeah, you look like the bad guy, but it sure beats killing your whole family. Oh my God, these girls. I know. So I do want to talk about Rachel. What happened? Okay, good. Because talk about her sentence as well. A therapist who was hired by the family to meet with Rachel in prison said that Rachel felt a, quote, profound sadness for the loss of the niece family. She said she did something terrible and deserved to be in there and that she missed Skylar. So yeah, she's at least having filled in I don't feelings of guilt and remorse, her. though? I don't, no? I, part of me does and part of me thinks no. Part of me thinks you're an actress. You know how to play okay, it out. I figure maybe like the mental breakdown episode and stuff, like maybe she had PTSD and maybe she's kind of like having a... Like a come to Jesus kind of. I've thought about that. Bible camp feeling. And she's like, I'll just do my time and then keep my nose clean. And I can't believe I did that and change her life. So I'll talk about that in a second. Okay. Let me read her sentence and her statement that she made. In March 2014, Rachel was sentenced. She looks visibly different in court. She looks like she's gained weight. She's face is puffy. Like she looks like she's struggling. Okay. She read a statement in court and apologized to Dave and Mary for what she did. She said she couldn't describe the guilt and remorse she felt for what had happened. So I think about it a lot and I think, okay, yes, she confessed. Yes, she cried in court. Yes, she apologized to the family. But I think um, in part of her statement, she talks about, you know, she became scared and she got caught up in something that she didn't want to do. And I think, you know what? You counted down. You counted you down. You can walk away at any three. time. Exactly. She tackled Skylar. Skylar was trying to run away. If Rachel was caught up in this, like, there's your moment to stop it. Let or her get away. Or if you didn't want to do it, text Skylar and be like, girl, don't come with us tonight. Like, trust me, you don't want to do this. Explain later. Something. Like yes. you can, you can stop this. This is not the kind of thing that you're married to. Like you, you're caught up in it. Yes. But you haven't committed the murder yet. Mm-hmm. So you can walk away. Yes. Unscathed and just be like close one. Like this girl's crazy and stop being friends with Sheila. Right. They but, planned it for months. Like she yeah. had months to stop it. It wasn't like Sheila had brought a knife and all of a sudden now blue was like, all right, go and start stabbing her. And Rachel was just like, okay, whatever. It wasn't like spur of the moment. It was like, you all planned this. Like you had several moments, several hours, several months to say, no, I'm not doing this. So I just don't know if I buy it that she was scared and caught up in something when she was the one to tackle Skylar, when she could have just let her run. Like if she hadn't stopped it up till then, it's like, did that not snap you out of it? Like you took her down and stabbed her another thing she says is she said you know she never realized the gravity of her actions and I think you know when you're 16 years old you know that murder is wrong you know this isn't I I was drinking and driving and I ran into somebody because I didn't think about it I didn't think about the consequences of this like Mm -hmm. how dangerous that was like you picked up a knife and you stabbed your friend possibly up to 50 times so I'm like, yeah, you realize the gravity of that. That's a pretty big thing to realize. And I think about her and I think, you know, was she, did she feel guilty? And that's why she broke down? 
Or did she break down because she realized the walls were closing in and it was panic directed at herself of like, I'm going to get in trouble for this. There's no way out. I go back and forth and I tend to think she was more scared about herself and she's raised in the strict Catholic family. She's seen as this good girl. And suddenly it's like, Oh my God, like I'm not the good girl anymore. I've done this awful thing. What are people going to think about me? So people might disagree. I mean, people might think, yeah, she really did feel guilty. I tend to think she didn't. I just, I tend to think it was more directed at herself than anything. And, being scared for herself and what came next. Does that make sense? Yeah. And also when they did it, they weren't under the influence of like drugs or alcohol or anything. It was 100% not accidental. They were of sound mind, (laughs) of sound mind in quotes at the time, meaning not under the influence of things. Right. That they were totally decisions on their own. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, Skylar's dad had a response for her statement. And he said she can sit on her apologies because that's what they're worth. And to me, that's (laughs) putting it nicely. That's putting it very nicely. He could have said a lot of things in that courtroom. And I think he held back. So I would not have judged him if he would have said a lot meaner things to her. Rachel was sentenced to 30 years in prison and will be eligible for parole in 2023. Okay. Wow. Okay. First parole hearing is May 1st, 2023. Her projected release date is April 30th, 2028. So she will get out in 2028. Okay. She does not have a life sentence because of her plea deal. Yeah. So she, if she doesn't get parole in 2023, she'll be out at the latest 2028. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So around the time, like right before Sheila has a parole hearing. Mary Neese said she wishes she would have known the girls better. Because maybe there had been a clue of what they would do. Obviously, the girls were at her house, but she has regret, which she shouldn't. And I know that it's hard to say to someone who's gone through this that she probably wouldn't have picked up on anything. But but teenagers, and we've said this before, teenagers mm-hmm. are experts at hiding things sometimes from their parents or from people they don't want to know about. They can right. have total secret lives that nobody else knows about. Um, yeah, I mean, and what parent is going to think that your child's best friends are going to do something like that? Again, that's why Skylar didn't think anything of it, you know? Her parents probably aren't going to think anything of it either. It also affected a lot of people in town, especially Skylar's classmates, who felt, a lot of them said, you know, we don't know who we can trust anymore because Skylar was killed by her two, quote, best friends, and we don't really know who we can trust there is a memorial site um, where Skylar was killed. There is a bench and some decorations. And the family has memorial services there. There's a small garden that Dave and Mary have built. And they go often, even if it's cold and snowy. Um, I, I'm i assuming she has a grave site. But when I things that I've read and videos that I've watched always kind of concentrate on this memorial site. Right. Um, a lot of people think it's odd that they would have that there where she was killed. But if you know, Sometimes her parents actually do. say we yeah. find peace in being here because it was the last place that she was. So, you know, people grieve in their own way. And if that brings them comfort, then good. They need they need all the comfort that they can get. She is buried in Blacksville Cemetery in Monongalia County, West Virginia, in Blacksville, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, West Virginia. 
Oh God! It's just, just to hear you to say she's buried. It's just like oh. it just hurts. It hurts to know that she's gone. It's just I can't like wrap my mind around it. Um, they also her parents also help pass what's called Skylar's Law, which requires oh. an Amber Alert even when it's a suspected <gasps> runaway situation. Okay. Yeah. So some go? good came from it. It's passed. It's law. Okay. Good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Blood pressure gone down just a I little know. bit. And I just mentioned that earlier. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Let's. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, obviously, this would not have helped Skylar. No. Because she was gone by the time they realized that she was missing. She was dead. But it can help somebody else. And that is what is important to the family. That other families don't have to go through this. And so the big question is why? Like, why did this happen? You know, people had noticed a lot of her classmates, they talked about, you know, Rachel and Sheila maybe not being the best influence on Skylar and noticing Skylar, possibly her personality changing a little bit. Yeah. Um, when she was hanging out, especially with Sheila, uh, that she was kind of changing. So a lot of people tried to figure out why, you know, what happened in all of this. And there is a big theory, you know, Rachel gave the reason of like, oh, we just didn't like her. But there's a lot of people believe that that's, there's more to it than that. There's a lot of people talk and there's this big theory and a possibility that Rachel and Sheila were actually involved in a sexual relationship with each other. And that okay. Skylar had witnessed it and threatened to tell everybody. Um, okay. There is... There was some overnight that they had, and I think maybe like Sheila and Rachel hooked up with Skylar in the room. So that was a thing of like, Skylar found out about it and got mad and was like, I'm going to tell everybody what's happening. But Skylar's mom said she didn't care if anybody yeah, was, was gay. She didn't ask. care. She said it wasn't a big deal for her. She's a person she that roots for the underdogs. Exactly. Like, I feel like she would be supportive of the LGBTQ community. Exactly. So, like, I was trying to think of scenarios about, you know, Skylar's mom said she wouldn't have cared if anybody was gay. But I think, okay, so maybe Sheila and Rachel did hook up. And Skylar... She doesn't necessarily think it's wrong and that she's going to out them because it's wrong, but maybe she threatens to do it just to hurt them. Like, I'm trying to think in terms of a 16-year-old who is frustrated and mad at her friends of, like, you're not, you're excluding me, you're not including me in things, and now you're off doing this to yourself. I'm just mad and I'm hurt and I'm going to tell everybody because it's going to, like, it's going to hurt you. Do you, does that make sense? Like, yeah, it has it's like nothing to do to... with like, oh, yeah. I'm going to out them to the, to the school. And, and so, because they're, because they've hooked up in terms of like being anti-gay, but maybe it could have been something more along the lines of like, I'm angry that now you two have this thing and I'm completely out in a third wheel. So I'm well, just going like... to do this to to get back at you does that make sense yeah and especially if you said she's kind of a person that roots for the underdog i don't think she'd have any problem with anybody being gay no but also it's like even if two like same gendered best friends gets a boyfriend or girlfriend or something sometimes Mm -hmm. they go off and spend more time with their significant other and the friend might feel a little left out or third wheelish but and the problem is it's her two friends who are already excluding her and now she's like okay now you're doing this together like you're already cutting me out you're already distancing yourself from me 
has nothing to do with her being homophobic, but maybe it's possible that she's like, I'm mad. You hurt me. So now I'm going to like let everybody else know. So, so like I get back at you for this. Like, or just ask and be like, Hey, are you guys like a thing now? Because that's awesome. Like you guys are my friends. Like let's all go out together or something. It just seems like maybe Rachel and Sheila thought they had to hide it from her or something. And then she found out and got mad well, or they, they could did just it, like right in front tell of her. her. Yeah. But it's like, she was in I the don't room know. allegedly when this was all happening. She was like, yeah. At an overnight in the room. I so, don't know. I just feel like it maybe I'm just coming at it from a different perspective because this is me. Like if I had two friends that were like ghosting me suddenly and then like later I'm like, Oh, y'all are a couple now. And I'm like, were y'all hiding it from <laughs> cool. me? Cause y'all didn't know what I would think. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, y'all ain't got to do that. You know, it's sort of like that. Right. But I'm trying to think but about I, it in I terms of a 16 year old. Yeah. I can't speak really... for Skylar. So. Right. Yeah. Or the I'm other two to for that matter. Think of it in terms of a 16 year old who might be coming at it from a a point of when high school, everything seems so much bigger and like yeah. the end of the world, which obviously in this case it was, but I'm, I'm trying to think of it. A 16 year old who is losing her friends, who's feeling left out and how scary that can be in high school. And maybe that anger was, it was nothing to do with her being homophobic. It was just like, I'm really angry that you're doing this and I'm lashing out because you've hurt me and now I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. Which I'm not saying she did that. I'm just saying that maybe that could be. But it seems like if, if they planned her murder over the course of months, then it was probably before they became a a couple, if they were a couple. Well, I think the, the thinking is that it all happened after this because they were afraid that she was going to tell people and they didn't, Rachel comes from a very strict Catholic family. Right. So people have said it was that fear. And again, this is a the, like the girls have not said that this is why it happened. This is just kind of a theory and kind of a rumor that's happened. But I wanted to bring it up because it's a big one. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't want people to think I was ignoring it. But if they were afraid that she's going to out us, especially Rachel being from a strict family, they made that jump to like, we'll just kill her not that's thinking insane. like apologizing to her and being like let's just go our own separate ways or whatever and I but, think you know obviously this is a small town I don't really know what the LGBTQ mm-hmm. community is like at this high school if it's friendly if it's not um I I don't really know so I don't know how big of a deal it was going to be if she would have said things to people about it so if the girls ever they've probably not given interviews or not told anybody no. the reason why no what is the harm in doing that now because you're already in prison for murdering her like i don't understand why you wouldn't just come out with it and just say it right well you want to know something ironic oh god what rachel has married a woman okay so <laughs> Good it's for just her. kind of ironic that like if that was the reason like I don't know if they're still together. I mean, I saw that online maybe a year or two ago that she had, she had married somebody in prison. Um, So I'm kind of like, was like, it just seems like. It just adds a little support to the theory. Maybe. I don't know. I don't, I honestly, I don't know. I don't know if this is true. It just, again, like I wanted to bring it up because it's one of those things that is kind of connected to this case and people wonder if this is the reason obviously I'm not justifying them killing Skylar over this at all like but again trying to think like 
I guess maybe it's because I just the reason of like we don't like her anymore is really hard to That's, it's accept. What gets me. And I think that because That's not the we real don't reason. understand. <laughs> but is it? But is it? Or do we just need a bigger reason in our more developed brains for this to happen? Mm-hmm. In their minds, was it as simple as we just don't like her? Do we I don't have know. to I try think... and make sense of it by putting a bigger meaning on it? I think one of them has to come out and do an interview like in their adult lives and just say what happened and why, even if the reason was we didn't like her, then now with their grown up brains, then they can say, yeah, it's true. That is the real reason. We just didn't like her. her. Talk about how it was back then Mm -hmm. and why. And like now, obviously they, I don't want to say matured, but they've like grown a little more and you know, they're out of their rebellious, rebellious teenage years. Rebellious. Yes. I can't talk. Honestly. I mean, I, I just, they need to be a little more upfront and honest about things. And I just, yeah, I just, I don't know. You know, the problem is not the problem. I mean, it was good that they went ahead and pled guilty and that didn't put the family through a trial, but also like we didn't get to, being the nosy people that we are, we didn't get to hear the stuff come out in trial to see motivations or text messages or whatever. You can look at Twitter pages and everything, but you don't get the complete full story. Uh And to be honest, out of the two of them, I would want to talk with Rachel. Like I am most interested. Sheila, again, I'm not a medical professional. Sheila to me (laughs) is a sociopath. I don't think you would ever be able to trust anything that Sheila said, no matter what it was. She'll tell you what she wants you to hear. She'll tell you what she wants to hear. I'm sure she'll manipulate. I'm sure maybe in her mind, it was just simple of, I don't like her anymore. I would want to talk with Rachel and be like, you're the one that broke and confessed. Yeah. I want to know what you think. I want to know what you like. Get real with me. What were you feeling back then? I I wonder if I'm interested about her. I wonder if she will give any interviews if, or like when she gets out of prison eventually. I don't know, but she better keep a low key profile because this, I mean, uh, at least like, I don't want to sound threatening. That sounded really threatening. (laughs) It (laughs) It sounded really threatening. (laughs) She better watch herself. (laughs) But, and maybe I think that people would recognize her because I know this case so well. And I feel like it's a big one in the true crime community. But, you know, I think of like, my mom could walk past her on the street and have no idea who she was. And I'd be like, oh my God. You'll you look up pictures of her, but I would. I'd be like, oh my God, it's her. Um, but yeah, I would be interested to see what she had to say. Me too. Um, I would be interested to see if she's remorseful. Mm-hmm. If, you know, in her statement, she talked about, you know, the guilt that I feel and everything. And it's like, nah, you're making it about yourself. Yeah. You know, you you don't really matter. Like, you should feel guilt you should feel a lot of guilt for what Mm -hmm. you did. I don't really care what you feel. I care what the niece family feels. And she'll get out of prison when she's still kind of young. So she still has time to like make a better life for herself. Mm -hmm. Not saying what she's doing is forgivable in any way, because nobody has to forgive her for what she did, but she can go out there and not be a murderer and not, you know, like maybe she can put some good into the world. Yeah. She has a chance to do it. Just don't blow it. Yes. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. She might not ever earn people's forgiveness and she'll probably always be branded as a murderer. But, you know, you hear about some people that are 
that have went to prison for murder and got out. And now they're working for like victims groups or something, or they're just, they're doing something to help, even Mm -hmm. though it's not, you know, I saw this thing once about this guy who was, he was a white supremacist and he was a member of a gang. And then he saw somebody at like a hot dog stand or diner or someplace one night who happened to be a gay man. And they used to keep razor blades and stuff in their shoes and they went and beat him up and they kicked him a bunch and cut him and like put him in the hospital, almost killed him. Well, he goes to jail for attempted murder. Mm -hmm. He gets out and he finds that man. And now together they have like teamed up and they go across the country, like telling their story and stuff about like how come like hate is wrong and the power of forgiveness and just their own story. And mm-hmm. it's like, here's this one guy now that used to believe in white supremacy and hated gay people. And like now he is speaking alongside one about why hatred is wrong. and <laughs> Like right. what he did was wrong and, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Stuff like that is what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, she like, you know, she will be out one day. Yeah. And you hope that maybe she can do something good in this world. Because she took away something really good. She I took away so. a little I mean, girl who wanted to be a criminal lawyer, a criminal defense lawyer, and I know, wanted to go always- to school and was going to do good in this world. And I think a lot about Skylar, and I think, you know, one thing I wish is I could go back in time and like look her in the eye on July fifth when she gets that text and just be like, ignore it leave them behind, find other friends. It gets better after high school. Like you don't need these girls. You will be fine without them and you'll find better friends. Just I go back in time to when they introduced Rachel and Sheila and be like, don't introduce them. Just don't. <laughs> Keep them <Yes>. apart. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I know these girls, man. I know three and lives ruined three. Yes. More than well, three, if you count more the parents. Than three. You count the parents. A lot. Who, a lot more than three. And her I mean, friends. Dave and Mary, that was their only daughter. They yeah. don't have any other children, and their daughter is gone. And it was someone that they considered family who did it. And I wonder if Morgan is married and who her maid of honor was, if she was. I don't know. I don't know if she's married. She, what did she say? It was, she talked in the video about that. They talked to her, they were talking to her mom. And they said something about like the day she gets married and how hard that will be because Skylar's not there. And her I mom know. says, and her mom and me, Morgan's mom immediately said she'll be there, like she'll oh yeah, in spirit. she'll be there yeah, in spirit. Yeah. So yeah, I mean Rachel and Sheila have to live the rest of their life realizing that they took her away, they took Skylar away, and that's on them. Like no matter what they do in this world, yeah. After you know if Sheila ever gets out after Rachel gets out, it's like, you have to live the rest of your life knowing you killed your friend. Cause that's something you nothing. can't take back ever. It's you like having a baby. Back. It's like, once you have a baby, if you give it up for adoption, if you do whatever, like you still had a baby, like you still, mm-hmm. you can't take that back ever. You have to like check yes on the medical form. Have right. you ever had a baby? Like for the rest of your life, you don't consider yourself a mother, but technically you are. Cause you birthed the baby. <laughs> yeah. But it's like if you murder somebody, you can't take it back. Mm-mm. You can't. You will always be a murderer. Like, and that's what yeah. I think when I look at that picture of Rachel the next day on the boat, and it's just like, my God, you just killed somebody, and now you're hanging out on a boat on the lake. 
getting ready. I really wonder what church camp was like. I really want, like, I would be fascinated oh to talk God. to people at church camp with right? me to be like, hey, did you notice anything? Like, how was she? If she was any different or if they said, no, she was fine. She was totally fine. Isn't that something too? like, just knowing that you were like sitting beside somebody or talking to somebody and they just like killed somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the story of Skylar Niece and Sheila and wow. Rachel. Yeah. Wow. So you didn't know that story? You had no, to know that. No, no. Seriously? No, wow. did not know anything about it. Okay. Well, I'm glad I could give you a new <laughs> one. I swore you probably had heard it before. No, and the thing that I mentioned earlier about the one little detail that I thought, because you had mentioned it a long time ago, mm-hmm. was related to a car accident. Oh, no, that's a whole other story. Yeah, that's a whole other story. Then this is what the one I thought was going to be. So I was like, mm-hmm. maybe I know this one because she mentioned it mm-hmm. vaguely, but no. Nope, didn't I did not know anything about this one. Yeah, and I think this one hits me hard and is hard to kind of let go of because I was a teenage girl at one point. Mm-hmm. And it's like I can relate to a lot of things of those teenage friendships and hanging out, maybe every once in a while getting into some trouble. I never got into a lot of trouble. Yeah, I got either. into very little trouble, actually. Um, <laughs> Me too. Really good group of friends. Um, but just little things that would happen every now and then. Um, but I can relate so much to just being a teenage girl and friends and even having little arguments with friends where you're just not getting along. Stuff's going on. People are jealous that, you know, so-and-so's got a boyfriend. Stuff like that. But you want to hear something really, really lame? Mm-hmm. I don't like I don't think I've ever like had arguments like that with my friends, especially my best friends. Like we may have little, like just I'm hangry kind of say something to each other, but we don't like ever argue. I think one of the most arguments that I would get into with my best friend growing up in Kentucky was we would like play Beverly Hills 90210. (laughs) (laughs) And we would argue over who gets to be Brendan, who gets to be Kelly. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, that's the kind of things that we squabbled over. Yeah, I remember some of those when I was really young of just like when I would hang out with it was my friend Jennifer and she lived right down the street. We were like sisters. So it's like we would spend days together sometimes. You know, I might spend the night on Friday and then spend all day Sunday or Saturday and then spend the night on Saturday. And by Sunday, it's like we're at each other's throats and it's like, okay, I'm going home. Like I'm (laughs) I'm done. Just heavy little arguments. So little things like that. I remember being in high school and having my first boyfriend and not really knowing that balance of like boyfriend and friend. And so some little disagreement with one of my really close friends and who kind of called me out on some of it. And then we talked about it and it was fine and we were totally fine and nothing like nothing to this extent. And then in high school, I just, we didn't get in trouble. Like the guys kind of did their thing every once in a while. Once the girls were gone. Like, it was like, we're good when the girls are here because they'll get in trouble from their parents. But when the girls are gone, we'll we'll do our thing. So there was things like that. But I remember my mom calling me once. And they were at my friend Ben's house. And uh, she called and she was like, when are you coming home? And I'm like, I don't know. I'll be home later tonight. She's like, what are you doing? I said, we're making pie. 
And she was like, <laughs> what? And I'm like, yeah, like Ben and I, like we're making like homemade pie crust and fruit pie. And my mom's such like, such a delinquent. My mom is like, I don't have to worry about you at all. She's <laughs> like, you're over at your friend's house, a guy and I'm, you know, I'm out late and she's like, whatever like I don't have to worry about you at all (laughs) yeah what are you doing watching the great british bake-off come on mom (laughs) I was lucky I didn't have that drama in high school so it's like one reason I think of Skylar and I want to talk to her and be like it gets better yeah it does it does get better high school is not the end of life it is not the better part of life (laughs) high school sucks for everybody Everyone wants to get out of high school, even if they were mispopular. Like, everybody right. wants out of high school. And a lot of people, like, from my experience, if you're one way in high school, you may not necessarily always be that way, like, your whole life. Exactly. If yes. that makes I'm any sense I'm not the same all. as I was in high school at all. Yeah. I am. I'm very different. What's um, important to you, then, is really going to change. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean... Two years, we'll be keeping an eye on Rachel for yeah. her first parole hearing. I check every once in a while. They're yeah. like, I see if there's updates on them. So they updated mugshots recently. Um, they definitely are looking older. And yeah, yep, you're in prison. So <sighs> I mean, they deserve to be there for oh, sure. Absolutely, for sure. So maybe in a couple years, we'll do an update and see maybe what happens with. With Rachel, at least. So I hope Rachel can do some kind of heart to heart with somebody and be honest about things and, and take responsibility completely. Yeah, and just add a little she did. Yeah. closure to maybe like her parents and stuff, mm-hmm. Scholar's parents, and just, I don't know, just like I said, like not doesn't mean that they have to forgive her or anything like that, but hopefully it can just be, you, you know, know, it's. We talk, you know, people talk about forgiveness, and I think so many people expect that victims' families will forgive. Like, I don't think I forgive. ever could. And I think, you know, that's up to them. If it they don't want to forgive, them. they don't have to forgive. Like, we mm-hmm. have absolutely no say in it. I would never judge them if they never forgave them. And at this point, from the latest interviews and stuff I've read, they have not. And you know what? Good. They don't have to. I wouldn't blame them. I don't. And, you know, people put so much on forgiveness and I just think, you know what? We don't have a say in that. Like Mm -hmm. they have to do what they have to do to get through every day. And if that means they don't forgive, then they don't forgive. Because some people can forgive and go on with their lives and it gives them peace and closure. And that's Mm -hmm. if it's good for their soul, then that's good for their soul. Like only they feel that, Mm -hmm. you know, and some people think that forgiveness is like absolving the center of their sins of their guilt, you know, by saying, Mm -hmm. Oh, my murder victim's parents forgive me. Therefore I'm, I don't have to feel guilty anymore. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's like, it's just depends on it. It's completely in like the victims, friends and families and what's in their hearts. They're going to do what's best for them and what makes them be, you know, what gives them their own peace and closure. Right. And if they, I mean, I don't even know if they can ever have closure. Again, yeah, that's true. not for us it's to different. determine. Some people maybe feel closure. Some people maybe will never feel closure. And, you know, you hope that they have the resources and the family to be able to handle that every day mm-hmm. and to be able to get up every day. You know, I have a close family friend who didn't lose a child in this way, but did lose a child. And 
she has ways that she deals with it yeah. every day. Her husband has different ways that he deals with it every day. But they go day to day with something that gets them out of bed. And whatever that is, that's something that that's for them. You yeah, know, it's exactly. not for any of us to to comment on. You know, if yeah. it helps get them up, then it helps get them up. I wish Dave and Mary whatever brings them peace every day because they've lost their daughter, their only daughter, their only child. So damn, that's a sad one. You know, sorry guys. It is the most one of the most senseless ones I think mm-hmm. that we've covered. It does. So sorry. Be kind to each other, people. Hit us up on all of our social media. I'm too tired oh, yeah, to name that too. It at this point. <laughs> <laughs> you can Google Darker Side of Life, Darker Side of Life Podcast at gmail.com. It's the same on Instagram and at DSOL Podcast on Twitter. Yes, that's it. So hit us up, say hi. We'll be your friend. Yes, and we will. We will see you in two weeks, or you'll hear from us in two weeks. Yes. Bye, guys. Bye. was a shitty closer.